but you cut me off. Hello and welcome to episode number 42 of Unrelenting. This is September 19th, special Monday show 2022. I am Darren O'Neill. He is Sir Gene or whatever alias he's going by this That's week. That's good enough. And uh, Joe Biden, man. Oh, my God. What an interview last night. Uh, was there an interview? Yeah, he was on uh, 60 minutes. I don't even know why they let him do these things wow that is shocking i'm surprised they let him he is so out of touch Mm -hmm. with reality that i really just have to wonder anybody that's still gonna vote democrat how they can Mm -hmm. because joe thinks it's okay they're like uh the guy scott pelly from uh, 60 minutes was the one doing the interview and Biden's like, well, no, it's only inflation's only gone up just like an inch over the last few months. And I'm wondering how Joe Biden measures inflation because in inches. Yeah, I don't know. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I'm not to be fair. I am not good with numbers myself and I'm not an economist or I don't I don't study the economy 24 seven, but I've never heard anybody refer to it moving in inches. Well, he's looking at pictures. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> they, got, they have a big. So Joe is like a kindergarten kid. And there's like Come a big. Right, just moved an inch. Yeah, there's a blackboard I, in the room. I don't know. I, with the word I economy on it. Dean, Dean Martin from uh, Biden impersonation there. Hey, baby. I, I, I had a blonde just pounding on my hotel door room all night long. I wouldn't let her out. Boy, if I got a headache. <laughs> He was great. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, allegedly he actually was not an alcoholic. No, he drank a lot of apple juice on stage. Now, after his son passed away, he started drinking for real. But a lot of that mm-hmm. bit during the heyday, yeah, was not reality. I think I told the story once here. Then the one book I read, uh, I don't remember which one because I've read a, quite a few. You read a book. Congratulations. Back when I had eyes, uh, mm-hmm. but I read a lot of the stuff about sinatra and the rat pack and dean martin and one of them was a big party at dean's and all of a sudden the cops show up at like midnight or whatever and sinatra's really pissed and he's asking the cops who called them which neighbor mm-hmm. somebody complained it turns out dean did he was already up getting ready for bed he didn't want to break up the party himself so he called the cops mm-hmm. please come to my house and get frank sinatra and these other drunks out mm-hmm. it's a, i mean just we, that doesn't happen anymore there's no there's no fun stories coming out of celebrity and i mean i yeah, granted well, there were some there were some questionable ones at that time too you know i'm sure there were yeah so did you get a lot no. of business done on friday i mean we weren't here friday because you were doing business i was doing business because you are a professional totally yes, legitimate businessman. Uh, three hour lunch that I had to go to. You had to no. go to. I mean, I bet you it was horrible. Had to go. No, no choice. Was there good food? And uh, it was about a seven course lunch. Seven course. Most people have a sandwich, Gene. Maybe soup if they're lucky. Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll start with the Fagua, please, and then maybe, mm-hmm. maybe uh, give me a, a 1942 Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was some of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Little drink. Wait, the best business happens when you're drinking. Yeah, I don't drink though, so it's kind of strange. But uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. this is how you get the better deals. You're like, why don't you just keep drinking that? <laughs> I'm the I'll, one who's not drinking. I'll exactly. adjust the numbers on this contract by an inch. <laughs> you won't. Oh, nice setup. <laughs> that was good, you man. Won't notice anything. I'm still picturing Joey with a blackboard, and they, they his staff just moves the word economy around on the board. <laughs> so Joe's like, it's only moved like an inch. I don't yeah, know. it's uh, the word economy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know. No, I exactly. don't know. That's exactly right. I couldn't have said it better. That explains it perfectly. You've crystallized my thoughts quite eloquently. Thank you for that. Yeah, that was a good time. Well, that's good. We know you got to do business because now you're a, comp- you're, while you're a totally legitimate businessman, you're a totally legitimate right businessman the right, without a job. So <laughs> exactly. Is the business card change for those time periods? Oh, no, 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 no. It's like, it's fully legitimate. Even if I'm not working, um, have you finished the, book? I, I know you were working on a book. Oh, no, no. I, I have to work more. So I'm going to be flying off to Mexico again to work on the book. <laughs> Can you only write while in Mexico? Is this a contractual That's the thing? way the contract works? <laughs> and who's paying for this? The, the Sergene. Oh, business? it's yes. The Sergene business unit division <laughs> yeah. incorporated LLC. It is a huge, it's a huge conglomerate. conglomerate yes. You do not want to mess with these guys. You can <laughs> no, 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 no. They can break your legs. Believe me. They're like, Gene, it is time for you to go right. We have a ticket for Mexico here. Well, they don't have a Polish accent, but yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought they did. Yeah. Your handlers no, are no, Polacks? No. Not at all. No. <laughs> I can say that as being half Polish. Uh-huh. A lot of people do but not you- realize that with the name O'Neill. Well, O'Neill's a traditional Polish name. I yeah. mean, uh, I don't see why people wouldn't think that. I don't know. There's a guy, really a, uh, looks like a fantastic hitter with the Pittsburgh Pirates now, whose first name is O'Neill, which is a new one to me. That's his name? That's yeah. a black dude? It's a, yeah, well, he's from one of these, uh, like the Caribbean country somewhere, but uh, maybe um, South so America somewhere. But yeah, his name's O'Neill Cruz, but the first name O'Neill. Oh, they must have really liked Tom Cruise and somebody else. <laughs> that was still, I don't think they changed their last name based upon watching Top Gun. I think there's a <laughs> don't few... assume their last name. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> you never know. I guess people have picked weirder things for weirder reasons. You know, in, uh, in China, your last name is said first. So typically Americans think that Chinese people's first names are actually their last names. Yes, and you're saying it wrong if you refer to them otherwise, and then it's a well. There are big cultural differences, mm-hmm. but that was one of the other questions. Much like if you don't say "sir" in front of Gene, you're referring to it wrong. No, no, that's absolutely right. Depending on the context, mm-hmm. but that was, of course, one of the questions. And I give the guy from CNN, uh, or I'm sorry, 60 Minutes at CBS, give him some credit for asking the questions. But as usual, there's not much pushback right mm-hmm. you know he asked him about well are you going to you know how would you respond with the whole china taiwan thing and while joe said nothing has changed with the policy mm-hmm. he said unless there was an 
unprecedented attack from China to Taiwan on Taiwan. Now, I don't know. I'm guessing he meant unprovoked because I don't know what that uh, what that would mean in that to say, well, unless there's an unprecedented attack from China onto Taiwan. Well, what does that mean? An unprecedented like it's never been done before yeah and i mean in war i think everything's been done before so i don't know i mean joe doesn't know what words mean Mm -hmm. but then he did double down when asked well would you send american troops to defend taiwan and joe said yes Ooh, that's not what he was supposed to say no the white house has been scrambling i guess since this came out and it's like this is the kind of stuff that we Forget about politics. Forget about the fact that I think his family's a bunch of crooks. He just does not mentally know what he's saying anymore. No, he doesn't know what a Taiwan is. <laughs> he's like, I want to, do I want to tie one on? Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody mm-hmm. have, where's the bottle, man? Got some Glenn Livets? Yeah, that's a, that's not a good thing. Cause this is how you end up in nuclear war. Yes. When you, when you say I'm going to go to war with China. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Donald Trump took some folders out of the White House, but I mean, he was really horrible. Joe Biden. Well, like, ah. I mean, folder stealing, that's worse than treason. Yeah, frankly. This, this is true. Those are very expensive folders. I mean, you see what they pay for toilets in Washington. Yeah. I mean, they probably paid a lot for those folders. I mean, that's almost as bad as walking through a sign that says do not enter and staying on the red carpet between the. Uh, velvet ropes that is still one of the biggest uh scam i mean again this is because the media reports and people just not everybody but a vast majority of people are just like oh yeah that must be the reality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean there was some violence that went on at the capitol i don't think anybody denies that but looking at things as a whole these are the same folks that went to a live shot i forget which uh city they were in if it was minneapolis at the time of the george floyd or one of the other ones with uh Mm. where the there's literally burning buildings behind the guy and it's like hey reporting from mostly uh, burning mostly burning this is just a mostly peaceful protest we're reporting Mm -hmm. on here there's like a building burning right behind you so these are the same people that have that view of reality which is like well yeah they're burning buildings down but this is otherwise this is you know well actually part of that is just being partly peaceful I mean, I guess you could say it's a mostly it's a true statement. Yeah. And not, not every building is burning and not every person is carrying a torch. Only 49%. He sees that we're right on the money here. Mm-hmm. We are right on the money. Illinois, a lot of people are going to be carrying torches now that the purge law is going in. And I, there is still time. And I know there's some confusion about that, but there are multiple attorneys you know, that work for the different counties here in uh, Illinois that are already suing to get this new law that's supposed to go into effect on January 1st stop. Everybody's calling it the purge law because it's basically commit any crime. We're not going to hold you on bail. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what people so think it's that does. A- AKA the, uh, the, Promotion of Gun Sales Act of Illinois 2022 law. Yeah. Well, this is. That's what it's going to do. Well, guns have been through the roof. And it's interesting because you don't see this 
on the liberal media. I've seen this in a few places and mm-hmm. the conservative media reporting that month after month, the FBI background checks and gun sales, mainly handgun sales mm-hmm. are well over a million a month in the United States and have been for like a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a lot. That's millions and millions of guns new that have just hit the streets in the last couple of years. It's like, this is something where when you go and say, well, we need to ban all guns. It's like, you, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Nobody can right. ever explain how they're going to take care of that. This is the same thing as the twit Kamala Harris offering her solution. Are you for, calling her a twit? Yes. Is that being too nice? Well, I don't know. I think you might get sued by somebody out of California. Am I giving twits a bad name by yeah, lumping exactly. her into that category? That's yeah. like, well, no, we could just, let's just make all these people legal citizens. That'll take care of the problem. And it's like, well, where are they fucking going to sleep? <laughs> I mean, this is the problem is there is no place for them to stay. Yeah. I think it's been proven a good experiment to just ship them all to Martha's Vineyard period from now on until Martha's Vineyard gets its act together. I agree. I mean, it shows the hypocrisy when the people there are like, well, they can't stay here. Well, why? Why do you think yeah, they, should they should stay in Texas? Then? They should stay in Texas where they came to from. Uh-huh. It's like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand the overall hypocrisy <clears throat> and how these people that have that mindset still have not opened up their minds and went, oh, wow, wait, this is a problem. I get it now. Yeah. There's no place for these folks to go. And this whole, oh, they're the Republicans are using them as pawns. It's like, well, the Democrats have been using them as pawns for the last 20 years. 20 more 60. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's the hilarity here. It's like, oh, now it's in, coming to your backyard. And it's funny because we've talked about it. I'm sure the fact that all these sanctuary cities, whether it's San Francisco or Chicago or New York. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You talk a really big game. Until there's a, a train load of migrants that are being shipped to you. And now you're like, I can't handle that. Well, not certainly where those people are. I mean, that's not, they're not meant to be in nice places like that. No, let's put them in Obama's house. They've got like a $14 million mansion. They, uh, somebody compare them to trash. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was quickly removed. The, the, I forget which Democrat. Well, that's what you do with trash, isn't it? Uh-huh that this is that was the uh, the correlation they made which was bringing migrants from texas to wherever this was mm-hmm. was the same as me taking my trash and throwing it on my neighbor's yard or something it's like mm-hmm. holy crap did you just say that That's i mean pretty, pretty wild yeah yeah i it, well it shows the brain dead nature of a lot of the people on the left who just don't understand it's like what you're what you're pointing out is absolutely correct which is the only answer is to f- get a uh, solution to the problem so it doesn't happen in the first place and the only way to do that is close the border to not let people in unchecked mm-hmm. that's how you fix the problem and that's what the democrats specifically do not want to do so this is why and I just can't believe it took this long, really, for the lawmakers like DeSantis and uh, Abbott 
to start going, hey, you know what would be a really good idea? Let's get buses and trains and planes and just move them to the right. cities that say they want them that are Democrat that you know. Free one-way tickets. Yes, because this would have backfired completely if any of these cities, and it's been an overall freakout in Washington, D.C., Chicago. I mean, D.C. wanted the National Guard. Martha's Vineyard yeah, wanted yeah. the National Guard. Mm-hmm. And well, the, didn't uh, Martha's end up putting them all in prison anyway? I think they sent them to Cape Cod. Was uh, they, had to, uh, they, they had to get rid of them? Cape Cod. Yeah, they, they're just mo- moving them on down the line. Yeah, but I mean, I think they moved them not just to here's Cape Cod. You can walk around the little shops and and don't hurt hurt the gay people too much. But uh, no, I think they they moved them to a military facility. In well, what like else a, do they have? Right? Yeah. No, I mean. I don't know the, the details, but I'm not looking at the page, but it, it seemed like somebody mentioned that, that it was a, it was like a national army base where they set up temporary restraining locations for them. They're basically in a zoo now. They're surrounded by metal cages. That's kind of the point that they all make fun of Texas for doing on the border. Now they get to do that in Massachusetts. Because they realize there's no other solution because there's no place to house these people. Yeah, but the problem, as far as they're concerned, was with the shipment of these right. people, not them crossing the border. Right, because it's horrible for them to send the people to New York or Chicago or Washington, D.C. or Martha's Vineyard, where they're like, hey, we mm-hmm. don't have room for them. Mm-hmm. Well, Texas doesn't have room for them either, assholes. That's the problem. Now, any of these cities. And and Texas didn't get two airplanes worth. Texas no. gets yeah. like million of them take what you've gotten here and multiply that by a thousand and that's kind yep. of what texas is doing mm-hmm. but any of these cities could have backfired this made this backfire i guess is a better way to say that on mm. texas would have been oh yes this is great thank you we will take care of them not mm-hmm. one of these sanctuary cities did that not one was like oh yes we'll take this opportunity to show that we're going to put our money where our mouth is. We can handle the situation exactly the way we said we could. Every last well, one of them. No, they're all indignant. Yeah. That's hilarious to me. It's like, what are you indignant about? You said you were a sanctuary city. Anybody mm-hmm. that wants to should come. Well, well. But not Cape Cod. Come in. <laughs> really? Please. Yes, uh, yes, we have to, if we can, we can't let the hoi polloi mess with the, uh, with the regular folks, no. Mm-hmm. The whole point of having sanctuary cities is so that Cape Cod doesn't have to deal with stuff. <laughs> but the sanctuary cities don't even want to take them. No, of course not. Like because again, they're already running themselves into the ground mm-hmm. with the programs that they have. Uh, I think it was Denver has a new mm-hmm. program where they're spending like, two million bucks just giving homeless people ubi universal basic income mm-hmm. and it's yeah like, i need to sign up for that yeah it's like where do you think this is going how do you think this is going to work and do you think that the people you're giving the money to when they're just already out on the street i mean when you look at the homeless problem you realize that a vast majority of the people that are homeless 
have a mental illness or are drug addicts. Right. Which some will argue is a mental illness. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they're in a state where giving them this money is not going to make their life better. It could very mm-hmm. possibly make it worse or kill them because they're probably going to just go buy drugs. Putting that money right. into community housing would make more sense to me. To be like, well, mm. we're going to have a facility where people can stay. This whole we're handing out cash to people. No, it just doesn't work. It does not work. Well, how else are they supposed to buy their drugs? Well, that's it. They shouldn't be buying drugs. Mm. Have places for them to stay. Have places that provide them with some meals. I mean, get get some of these uh, get some of these woke corporations on board. Provide your product if you want to, uh, you know, sell your uh, Cheetos or whatever it is. You have, uh, you know, have it sponsored by companies that can help provide what you need. You know, have it sponsored by the My Pillow guy. Hey, come in! Every cot has a My Pillow pillow. I don't think the My Pillow guy's horribly woke right now. No, he's not. <laughs> he's the opposite of being woke. But I'm just saying, if you need somebody to come in, I didn't really want to, uh, you know, mention any corporation that I didn't know whether they were woke or not, and put them on board with uh, with that. But there's way better ideas than Disney. Disney. Oh can my pay god! For it. I am having so much fun watching the news about disney and i am a guy that was always a huge disney fan until they went not so woke we went so there on our honeymoon 41 yeah well it it wasn't horrible mm-hmm. back in the supporting 80s, ukraine back then already. 90s i don't know were they supporting was ukraine around in 1940 yeah yeah no disney was a nazi yeah well that's you know at least they were doing it in a fun way mm-hmm. but watching the news now where the people that are going there and a lot of this stuff is coming from disney blogs it's amazing to me i started following this as i said we used to go a couple of times you know every every few years we'd be going to disney so Mm -hmm. there is a huge industry around disney there have been websites and newsletters and all this devoted to disney and what's coming new and what's going on the amount of people who are saying that the park is in disarray, half the rides are broken down, and I'm not exaggerating saying half the rides are like we go into the park and like half the rides are broken down and the rides that are still working, a lot of the stuff in the rides aren't working because, you know, Disney does a lot with these little animatronic stuff. And while you might mm-hmm. be going through the mm-hmm. ride and, you know, this character, only one eye is working and this one's kind of broken down and every, and they're saying it's filthy that the garbage isn't being picked up that's one thing i'll say i mean i haven't been <laughs> to disney in like 10 plus years but every time that i went to disney world it was like a magical place because with all the people that were around i mean yeah every now and then you'd see some popcorn and stuff on the street but overall it was like one of the cleanest places you would ever be <laughs> because they had a staff that was doing nothing but cleaning up no whoa 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 disney doesn't have a staff they have performers they have uh, cast members yes let's not get anybody into trouble (laughs) and once you learned about the stuff like the garbage you know empties itself into the street below and this is why you don't see anybody you know replacing garbage cans and stuff or emptying them in disney it's because it's Mm -hmm. all magic 
and this whole system was put into place that allowed for this. But when COVID hit, especially, it seems they cut staff, they cut people that obviously do the stuff like maintaining and fixing the rides. Maybe they just if you didn't have at least four booster shots. You can't work at Disney. Well, you have to have at least two a week, I think. Mm-hmm. See, Brooklyn wants to know if this show is live. The show is rarely live. See, Brooklyn. Yeah. It's a Monday. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if the show should be ever allowed to be live. I mean, I'm, I'm debating that answer. You think it should always be Memorexed or just the show should just go away? Well, I'm not sure because never be we, we produce this, you know, it's a lot of work. We, we have work. to go in and, and create this sort of false idea that we're actually talking to each other we actually have a script and we pre-record our parts ahead of time do you know how hard send it in to a production facility (laughs) where they cut it up and see they that was canned laughter in case anybody's wondering a little behind the scenes guys yeah that's just like you can always hear the same guy laughing on the old laugh tracks that's right same thing here but i think they do a damn good job i mean at at the five grand a week that we pay them i think they're they're probably getting their money's worth well, all really we would have to do is talk and read a script, and then they would just be able to uh, AI the whole show. We would never actually have to talk to each other ever again. It would just sound like we were. Well, that, that'll be the next step. I mean, I'd love for us to get to that point. Well, can you be imagine, that better. would be the best show ever. I think it would be. I think it would be. And how many people would would be able to figure out that it was not organic, that it was all just, even not just the voices being AI, but the topics in the conversation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that would be yeah. awesome i i'm looking forward to the future i can't stand and i look at youtube videos mainly to put clips together for one of the other shows i do which is also today planet rage do you have a clip show with larry blender we do we bring clips to planet what do you rage. have clips for um just to show what's going on in the world and they're huh. either they're either rage inducing clips or I pulled like four different Biden clips because they will induce rage when you hear sure, what well, he's that, saying. That's true. Yeah. So, but for that reason and pretty much that reason only, I look through YouTube videos and I usually throw in a filter like well, anything that says rage, lower the pitch or I get it. Right. And when I come across the videos that are, ai computer generated audio over just random oh, yeah. i'm like i cannot stand that there are so many of these chinese uh sites now this is becoming a serious problem with youtube is that yes there's it's more and more of these recommended channels are really and i say chinese not because necessarily they're all chinese some are indian some are african but these are non-native english speaker uh production facilities that use text to speech and usually with Google translate. Uh, but they have a, a neutral American uh, voice for the text to speech. And the way that you can tell, I mean, there's multiple ways to tell that's what they are, but they'll show clips that they've gotten from other videos and then have their own narration. Yes. Their commentary. Uh, yeah. Talking over it, but there'll be grammatical errors. And there won't really be anything horribly interesting. But then you look at how many subscribers they have. This tells you how stupid the population is. Uh, you know, a lot of them have a million subscribers. Yeah, which means they're making decent money. They're making, uh, well, you know, I mean, for probably 
for one of those daily video day kind of sites, they're probably employing a couple of people in China at, uh, you know, a buck an hour. So not much for expenses, but they're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, which is way more than the show is. And they're doing yeah, a little bit more, but they're doing a lot, a lot of these channels, like on any topic you can think of. Uh, I watch a lot of uh, space related stuff. And there's a new one of these types of channels popping up almost every other week. Well, it's, I think it's because that so many people just put YouTube on and set it to just play the next recommended video. So they leave it on oh, as yeah. like background noise. Yep. I do that sometimes. And this is where they win that game because mm-hmm. uh, it's way easier to get and YouTube inserted. doesn't care. They don't care what they play as long as it's getting, you know, anyone that's got a, at least a thousand subscribers, that's kind of the minimum, is going to get at some point into the recommended by YouTube pile. And we just need to be recommended. As I said, this episode, not one donation. I mean, so we're relying mm-hmm. on Boostagrams. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm glad people have listened to me and stopped donating. So like, good, no job. G, no. good job, everybody. Good job. Yay. We yeah. are the only podcast that says, whatever you do, do not donate to this podcast. No, all my podcasts say that. And people listen. Every single one of them. And, and the audience is growing, believe it or not. Until you come down and you're like, hey, I'm now on Spotify only. <laughs> pull a Joe Rogan, you mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, pull the Rogan. Uh-huh. Well, there are various ways to. Yeah, just give me five more years, then I'll pull a Rogan. Uh-huh. To monetize a podcast and they are work even shows like this one are work when it comes down to it because one you're putting the time in to you do gotta the write show. the script there is uh you know there is some post work there is having to keep your website up and all that i'm not saying it's mm-hmm. a ton of work once you have the right equipment and know what you're doing but there's work involved and uh Compared to these YouTube videos we were just talking about, there's way more work involved, especially again, when you do a text to speech, it's like, well, okay, you're probably just clipping somebody else's words too. No, I think they're, they're using the Google translate. Cause like I said, a lot of times the, the grammar is not quite right. So they're taking like a Chinese news source and then converting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Now I worked, uh, I, I worked in the company that did that. Um, well, not quite that, but they had uh, articles that were like, um, uh, let's just say, articles about camping that what about they were putting in. Let's just say camping for okay. the time being. And they were putting those articles out. Uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe not every day, but a couple times a week or something. But there had to be a, a lot of writing happening, right? by somebody that understands camping and of course what's the cheapest place you can write those well not china but the philippines because people in the philippines you know they kind of have to camp because they don't make a whole lot of money and um so you you get these and, and in the philippines most people know english so you get these articles sent in that are actually grammatically fine they're in English, but then the topics you're like, you know, how to capture and cook 
uh, the best size, um, uh, uh, what do you call things? Uh, uh, God damn it. I'm, I'm picturing it elk. in my head. <laughs> Goose or elk? No, Moose. I was, uh, how about try scorpion? Oh, a scorpion. Sure. Yes. How to capture and cook the best size scorpion. Now, this may be an interesting article, but it's not horribly useful for camping. You don't have a lot of scorpions around when you're camping? <clears throat> we do have a lot of scorpions. We have a ton of scorpions here. I don't know any Americans that are going to voluntarily eat one. Well, if you were really hungry, you might. Where in other countries, those are a delicacy. Hey, and they will be here soon. I mean, maybe an article about, I don't know, capturing and, and cooking a large size rabbit would be more useful. Possibly, or... You know how to get a not, signal. Not to get, sure they have those in the Philippines, though. To get your cell phone, to get an Uber, and bring you some food. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's more here. Like how how to get Uber. How to bring a uh, good camping food using Uber foods. Yeah, yeah. yeah if exactly. you can find an Uber eats guy that'll come out into the woods. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, they'll come out. They'll always with, come out. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. You don't even have to tip them. It's great. Right. They love it uh-huh. when you don't tip them. Yeah, they tell you even that. Hey, thanks for the tip, man. Every time you don't tip somebody, you get a hey, thanks for the tip. There's a uh, I've heard. I I don't know this. I've heard this. Well, I've seen again. There's like people that are, and this seems to pop up more. I mean, it's always around, but it seems to be popping up a little bit more now that you know Joey's ruined the economy. Mm-hmm. That people feel like tipping is optional, so they don't have to tip. There was an article where there was like somebody sitting at a table. I think this was like in New York at whatever restaurant, like a big group came in Mm. and none of the servers at the restaurant, because they knew this person, none of them would take the table. And this, this of course brought a discussion on again, to the fact that tipping is optional. Should people aren't required to tip. And it's like, but you kind of are because it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a social contract. If you go out to a table service meal, right you are expected to tip the server. Now I get the argument of, I just want to go out and eat. Why don't you just add this? But that's not the way our culture is here. Mm -hmm. There are some restaurants that do that. And some have been very successful with that. Mm -hmm. But for the restaurants that aren't, I just don't understand. This is kind of the same thing. Like I don't understand the mentality of people who don't realize it's hypocrisy to not want the migrants in Martha's Vineyard. It's also hypocrisy for people who understand Mm -hmm. that servers rely on tips to then go in and be like, well, I don't have to tip you. Right. I think that's okay because it's optional. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I mean, I understand the argument that it should just be added into the bill, but it's not. And you know, it's not. So, you know, the right thing to do, and I'm not saying you have to tip 20, 25, 30%, mm-hmm. but there's a social contract there. And there's a lot of social contracts that gets going by the wayside because people just aren't polite to each other anymore either. Hmm. But it's like tipping is, uh, is part of how those folks make money if they're in the service industry and with the drivers. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and it, it is, I think it's the wrong approach honestly, because what we should have is more of a system that some European countries have. And I think some Asian countries do where 
uh, the, there is no tip. You know, the, the, the standard is if everything's okay, you don't need to worry about tipping. And if something is outstanding and above and beyond, then you're welcome to tip. Right. So the tip is not part of the wage. It is truly option. It is truly optional. Now, the way that I think Uber and a few other food delivery companies do it <clears throat> is they guarantee a minimum amount of money per hour or per delivery or however they break it down to people. But, and here's the big but that I think a lot of people signing up as drivers don't realize because they don't read the damn contract, is that that is a guaranteed number that includes tips. And if the tips are lower than that, then Uber will pitch in and make up the difference. So you still get the minimum guaranteed. But if people are tipping at, say, I don't know, what's an average tip amount? Hey, if you're 10%. making good tips, it'd be like 20%. Yeah, let's say 10. But if it's a everybody tips at 10, then Uber doesn't have to pitch in at all. But your amount hasn't changed. So whether you get tips or whether you don't get tips, you're making the same amount of money until you get to a certain threshold. Because if you're not getting tips, <clears throat> you're still going to get essentially a tip from Uber themselves. Right. Um, but I think that that system doesn't really encourage people to like, it creates a big step instead of a gradual ascent is you have to get to a point where everybody's tipping over 10%. To be able to make more than the minimum, or you could just be really shitty and not care how well of a job you do, and then you're still making the same amount of money. Right. Well, that's in the if you're a customer, you have to mm -hmm. understand the ratings go both ways. So if you're a customer who does not tip, mm -hmm. that goes into these systems. This goes into the app. So the next time you order food and it takes three hours for somebody to pick up your order, you'll know why. Three. I mean, it's always three. What are you talking about? Okay, so you don't tip. I get it. Um, well, no, I didn't say I didn't tip. I'm just saying it's usually three hours. Wait, they're just busy. They're busy all the time. Yeah, they're so busy. But it's the same mm -hmm. concept, what you're describing as working on commission, which I did last uh, when I worked for Circuit City, where service was state of the art. Mm. And at Circuit City, it was a two week pay period. And there was the minimum that you can make per hour. And mm -hmm. there were times where business sucked. I mean, we all know you weren't making that in November and December because there was so much going on and there were so many sales coming in. Mm -hmm. But in the slower time, because it was a two week pay period, you quite often knew after three to five days into that 14 day pay period. Mm -hmm. that you were never going to climb your way out. So there was no incentive to do any work whatsoever. We would avoid customers at that time because it was like, I'm getting paid the same no matter what. Hmm. That's when the employees would go hide, you know, because it was like, no, it, yeah, right. it wasn't. It was a horrible system because it wasn't, as you said, if you were getting paid X amount per hour and then any commission you made above and beyond that, then people are incentivized to work their ass off and go for every sale. Mm. The minute you're like, yeah. you know, Hey, you're, you have to make X amount in order to start making commission for those pay periods that were off. People just didn't care. 
and your store suffered because employees did not want to wait on customers because they knew it wasn't going to make them any money. Yep. So that's what some of the stuff they still haven't figured out Mm -hmm. about human nature. But the people well, that gladly, <clears throat> the people that gladly go onto YouTube and be like, "I'm not tipping. I'm it's it's optional. I don't want to tip." And if people have a problem with that, they can kiss my ass. It's like, you know, they're going to spit in your food. I mean, you know, you're going to get worse than that, and you know that you're just a horrible person if you intentionally go out, even thinking I could get the greatest service I've ever gotten as a restaurant, but I don't believe in tipping, so I'm not going to tip. Then, well, they go out to eat. No, you can go out to eat in Austin because Austin has a bunch of restaurants that are very gung-ho about proclaiming that they have a fair age and tips are not required at all. Well, see, those and are the food okay. prices are usually double. Right. Now, if you'd rather do that, that's fine. And I think, I think this is something to do with the whole millennial concept. But they always spit on your food no matter what. <laughs> right. So that's fair. It's equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's the other thing people don't realize. Yeah. Okay. You want the tipping to be included. Well, here's the thing. Then the restaurant's going to add in. If they're, if you're giving them the ability to do that, then they're going to add in, you know, 20 or 30% more to cover everything. Cause the restaurant's going to want their cut and it takes it mm-hmm. out of your hands as the consumer then. Right. So basically then you get shitty service. And since there's no tip, there's no way to train them that, hey, you had shitty service, therefore you didn't get a tip. No, they had shitty service and they still got a tip. Uh-huh. Which also then does not. The restaurant it, enforces. It's the same thing then, as I was just talking about, which is now your server does not care whether you're happy or not. They're getting paid the same amount of money. Yeah, it's called socialism. Uh-huh. And how does socialism usually work out, Gene? Pretty well. Um <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> For the people in charge, just like everything else. The, uh, uh, no, it's it's a uh, it's a scary world we're going down. And then I think my my other co-host says it well, is that right now the U.S. and Russia are ships passing in the night in opposite directions. That seems about fair for what's going on politically. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to personal freedoms and business freedoms. Yeah, like getting on the gold standard, having a good climate for a small business, having lower taxes overall. Oh no, that's not the U.S. No, that's Russia. <laughs> having a relocate. country, having a country with a predominantly Christian population. Yep, that's still Russia. They sounded uh, better and better. A, a country that has actual laws against uh, uh, pedophilia and getting kids pulled into adult sexual content uh, a country that uh, has a um wait but here wait, i mean there, look Gene, there's Gene, still some Gene, negatives I to, here i need to know one thing how, how do you many get there? how many 10 year old <laughs> children in russia have transitioned to the other sex i want to know that i did too i i don't have the figures on that but my suspicion is probably zero because the a doctor doing that wouldn't get past even just talking about doing it. Because I think it's actually a crime for that for him to have discussed this with a child. Now, are there people getting the trans operations that are adults? Yes. That is not banned in Russia. 
contrary to popular belief. So really, it probably comes down to, about Russia anyway, people here in the United States, the only thing they really don't like is Putin. So if we had a new leader in Russia, is Russia now like the the greatest country that everybody should go move to if uh, if it was not for the leader? Or does it well, fall apart unlike the United Putin? States, Russia does not have an open border. Well, see, that's smart because they don't have places to put everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Nobody should have, have no, an open border. Now, I they did for a while. I will say that, you know, after the breakup of the Soviet Union, it was very easy to get into Russia, to get out of Russia, to, you know, do whatever you wanted to do in Russia. It was a the kind of climate that allowed uh, oligarchs to flourish. And they did. Yeah. And oligarchs, if people still don't know what that term means, that means people like Bill Gates. Rich people that that had made uh, money in some type of quasi legitimate monopoly, Microsoft, and then uh, leverage that money to get themselves involved in more political and, uh, you know, even if they're not in office, they're doing things as essentially uh, NGOs. Yeah, they're pulling the strings. They're pulling the strings, exactly. Which, incidentally, one of those oligarchs uh, wasn't happy with some deals that he was getting from Russia. He happened to have been a Ukrainian guy, and he got so pissed off that he said it's to change the government in Ukraine. And he did. He successfully did. He uh, figured out a way to do it by courting the U.S., providing direct funding, and staging a, um, a coup. That billions take over in Ukraine and billions in funding. Oh, I don't think. Well, the Ukraine got billions in funding. He didn't have to provide billions in funding. He was a. Oh no! Mind. Are they coming for you? Is that the? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> your your overlords Echo, are sending messages. Stop. It's the Alexa. <laughs> um, yeah, the overlords at at uh, Amazon are starting to send messages. Well, that was the other uh, thing that Biden was asked about the support Alexa? for Ukraine. Yes. Oh, the yeah. support for Ukraine and and really what the limit was for how much the United States was going to dive into this. No limit. Right. Exactly what he said. We're going to keep sending money until Russia is no longer. This should scare everybody. Mm-hmm. Uncle Joe doesn't know what he's doing. He's never known what he's doing. He's insane. He has no brain. This is well, this may be true. That may have been removed for medical mm-hmm. reasons. Yep. He's got just a little Alexa in his head. A little bit. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. But okay. don't go out to dinner if you're planning on not tipping. That's all I'm saying. Well. Buy your own damn food and cook your own damn food then. Yeah, you realize that if you say that, it's going to bankrupt the restaurant's business, right? Well, that's what they want anyway. Yeah. It's already getting there. It is already getting there because of the fact Mm -hmm. that the price on everything. I was reading an article the other day about an Mm. Italian restaurant here in the suburbs. You know, they've been around for 60 years. I think they have like three restaurants in the area. Wow. And they're like, we don't know if we're going to make it through this one. This. Hmm. The cost of everything has gone up so much. 
which of course means the cost of food goes up. My wife and I went out the other day after uh, I was seeing the retina guy. So it kept my eyes nice and dilated. Mm, that's and fun. I know it ruins the rest of the day. It really does. You can't read a damn thing. Yeah. You should do those in the late afternoon and then just go to bed. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, we each had a sandwich and you know, it came with soup and fries, mm. Mm. but it was, uh, I think 35 bucks for two sandwiches, fries, Sounds and two cheap. iced teas. Well, for you, yeah. maybe that's cheap. In Austin, that buys you an iced tea. <laughs> this is, uh, that that's probably true. But I mean, this is mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, this is a place that's on, I, I won't say on par with the Denny's, but it's, it's a slightly better version, only open for breakfast and lunch, you know, a little mm. better quality food than Denny's, but it's, you know, just a regular, uh, little diner kind of a place so it's like two sandwiches 35 bucks it's like that's uh not long ago that would have been like 20 bucks yeah yeah that's true you know i just uh ordered some vitamin d gotta uh, have your vitamin d3 man yeah i like my vitamin d that's good stuff and the the price per bottle at um walgreens is 25 bucks now no for vitamin d for a 60 capsule vitamin D supply. Holy cow. So I think last time I bought it, it was about half that price. But I checked. I actually checked. Uh, so that was Walgreens. I also checked. Uh, what the hell is the other one called? Um, but anyway, I checked another drugstore just because I was thinking, no, this has to be a mistake. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, within the buck, same kind of pricing. So, yeah, there's that because we don't have inflation or there's only an inch of it. Our our prices on supplements have doubled now. Now we get now the uh, I think these are the ones we've gotten uh, nature made the 5000 mm-hmm. IUD3 180 yeah. for 14 bucks. Yeah, so I got nature made uh 10,000 Ten thousand, holy crap! Sixty, sixty capsules, uh, twenty-three bucks. See, so do your shopping on Amazon. Well, but the thing about buying stuff like that on Amazon is it's coming directly from China, where they print the label. <laughs> Depending have on nothing, which brand, you're nothing to it. do with the brand. Oh, come on! Oh, dude, it's all fake. I'm telling you right now, it's all fake products on Amazon. Everything's fake. It's not real. It's not real. If there, if you, <laughs> I I will challenge you to buy Nature Made from Amazon and then call Nature Made and complain about something, and they will tell you, "Oh, I'm sorry, sir. That's actually a fake product. That's not ours. You, we only sell in retail stores." Well, Amazon is a retail store, but I know there are. I'm just telling you what they're going to tell you. That's the, all. The third party. I'll have to look at now. Will the uh, will the you can get a bottle that has. That? Oh, sure. Of course. They take a photo, dude. They take a photo of a so bottle. What if I take the product out and look at the product next to the other? Will that you mm-hmm. saying that will be different? I, I, you don't have to. You don't have to have to open the damn thing. You can keep it, leave it closed and, and refund it. But if you call up Nature Made and you say, I've got a problem with this bottle that I bought on Amazon, they will tell you that they only sell retail. And that is contra, contra, what's the word? Not contraband. It's contra. Counterfeit. Oh, it's a fake bottle. Counterfeit. Yes. That's the one. Counterfeit. Yeah. So, but go ahead. Buy it on Amazon if you prefer. We're all going to die.
Why? Yeah. There's uh you you have to see Amazon has no liability for selling fake stuff because they can always oh, that's just true. take it back. Well, that is true. Right? Which is I I still don't understand the um the reasoning why Amazon lets people I mean I I get it they make money where yeah. whatever they're selling so if they're selling a book or whatever and you're like hey I have that same skew I want to sell it for cheaper Mm-hmm. they'll let you do that through them, which just seems very strange. It's mm-hmm. a very flea market esque kind of thing, which is why I avoid. Well, that was the, that literally was the piece that took them from a billion dollar company to a trillion dollar company. It, makes it, sense. it was opening it up to anybody at any time saying, Oh, I have that. I'll sell it. Which is why I always look and make sure it's being shipped and sold from Amazon. Because even mm-hmm. if it's like, oh, it's shipped from Amazon, but it's being sourced somewhere else, then yes, I mm-hmm. start worrying about not just with vitamins and stuff like that, with anything, mm-hmm. with the legitimacy, because there's a lot of stuff. I was buying a couple of things from my dad who collects all the baseball cards and stuff like that. And of course, they jump on the listing of the company that makes, you know, the really good holders for the baseballs or the cards you know with uv protection and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and they jump on that and say that's what they're selling but then what you get is some weird generic thing that is not the same right and it's like i don't understand amazon has no control over what people are selling when they jump onto those listings because they're like oh yeah we're selling nice uv oh that's great and then you get it and it's not and as you said amazon just goes okay we'll return it yeah, I mean they don't care. They if if they accept the return, they don't even ship it back to the seller. Nope. They just charge the seller the full refund amount. And then they put it on a pallet. And then they put it into a pallet with a box that's a, you know, a, a surprise box. $800 contains over $2000 worth of product. That, that I've considered that. I've considered that just for content and just to see uh they are extremely accurate with their pricing on those things. I've watched a number of videos of people buying those. And when you sort through all that stuff, the retail price could be double. But if you wanted to actually see how much can I actually get each of these things for, what you end up is a total price that's very similar to what you just paid to Amazon. You got to remember, they, they have all the barcode. They know what everything's worth. They know what the retail price and they know what the discount price and they know what the wholesale price and everything is. So why would they mark their boxes with any major loss? Well, cause it's, it's only because they it's don't a concept, know. right? Well, the, the thing with the returns is you have to assume that a certain percentage of those are actually defective, non-working things. So if somebody returns a laptop, you yep. Amazon has no idea. You could buy right. a $5,000 laptop and maybe if the price gets to a certain amount, maybe it's treated differently. But for most items, mm-hmm. you return it. They do not care if it's working or not. They're just going to throw it on the pallet to resell it. And it's quite possible that this, half the stuff on the pallet you buy is not even going to be in working order. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just want to so, get some kind of money out of this. So in watching the videos, uh, every single thing was in working order. The biggest difference were some items had blemishes meaning somebody opened up a box with a knife and the knife actually cut through the packaging and put a gouge into the prop. They're like, yeah, we don't want that. And it's like, Oh, that was damaged in shipping. Yeah. We'll have to return that. Uh huh. Well, Amazon is, 
has not always been good with packing stuff well. No, no, they just chuck it in the box. That's all they do. That their packaging is basically a cardboard box. I don't ever if tell you're you the lucky. Story. There's a little bit of airbags in there. Oh yeah, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. We went through a run, and it was on sale. This was a great price. They were selling lithographs okay so they were just really more let's just say a nicer poster Mm -hmm. that steiner sports was liquidating i guess so amazon had x amount of these things Mm -hmm. and it was a lithograph signed by a bunch of guys who had thrown perfect games so i think there was like five or six autographs on the lithograph Mm -hmm. and they were selling them cheap and i'm like this is a great bargain great bargain so i ordered one or two of them and this was literally like a poster, not in a tube, just thrown in a box. Yep. So it got crinkled and destroyed. So I'm like, no, they sent me two more crinkled and destroyed. No. Can you ship these correctly? Oh yeah. We'll take care of it this time. Two more crinkled and destroyed. Oh my God. I'm just like, this is horrible. We never did get one that was uh, legit to where we kept it. Ever really? Wow. I think we went through eight of them that uh holy cow just constantly sending and constantly destroying it's like how do you not know Mm -hmm. that you can't just throw a large piece of paper more or less into a box i mean the one of them the ups because this is a box that was huge i forget how large the lithograph was but it was in a huge box that got dented because of the fact that it was a massive box that weighed nothing it was basically mm-hmm. a box with a piece of paper inside mm-hmm. but of course the box getting smashed of course then the paper got smashed yeah so it's like come on i mean put it in a tube is, is that so hard to figure out do you not have tubes yeah that's nuts man with all of the money that they spent to ship well my favorite probably still with amazon was we ordered a black Kohler sink for our bathroom mm-hmm. when we moved in here mm-hmm. and it was Amazon of course so you get free shipping yeah they sent white instead <laughs> so they came on their dime of course had to send UPS to pick that one back up and sent another one and I'm just thinking two extra shippings for something that weighed a lot yeah like what that had to cost them to make that mistake they didn't make you take that back to Coles. <laughs> no, that, that, I don't think Coles was doing it at the time. And it's like, oh, okay, one that's way too damn expensive to try or heavy to try to uh, to deal with. Yeah, I got a uh, what was it? It was a bed frame that way, uh, but they just didn't make me ship it back. They just let me keep it. <laughs> like we don't, see, that's even, that's better. Yeah. And there's this is something did we talk about that because there was an article a I, few months back. Uh-huh. That a lot of these retailers are moving to that concept which is just when people say they want to return something. Uh-huh. To just be like, "Okay, we'll refund you, but keep it." And I'm like, "How does that yeah. not go horribly wrong?" Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because who's uh, not going to do that then? Because here's the here's like here's the scam. I know, right? When it comes to, you know, Amazon or any of these online re- uh, retailers, if you get mm-hmm. an item and you're like, oh, well, maybe I can try to get this free. If you contact them and say, I want to return this. Well, if they say return it to them, 
Well, then you just don't because the return doesn't process until they get it. Yeah. But everything you get, I would be like, yeah, I want to return this. And for the stuff they tell you just to keep for free, you're like, hey, hey, I win. Yeah, that's true. I think at some point they would just cut you off. Well, they would have to. And that would be the, the, the only way to take care of that would be on an address or customer basis to be yeah. like, hey, if you've done this more than X amount of times, then we won't. Mm-hmm. We won't offer this to you again. Uh, but for things that are cheap, I get it. Like we ordered a, uh, a vinyl record for Christmas last year for my dad. And we ordered an Elvis Presley album. The album that came in was not Elvis Presley. Mm. And it was an artist I'd never heard of. And it's just like, well, it's probably going to cost you more to have it shipped back to you than it's really worth. But they took it back in a case like that. I can see where they might just be like, yeah, just keep that and we'll. Uh, we'll send another. Because the return process has to be a pain in the ass. And like you said. I don't know what they have to do to prove they took a return. Mm-hmm. In order for them. So, oh, OK, we got a return on this album. Well do they send that back? You know, does that end up on a pallet? If it ends up on a pallet, how does the manufacturer that was selling this know that they got a return? When I was working at a bookstore way back when in the eighties, I'm guessing maybe they still do it this way Mm -hmm. with the paperback books. When the books didn't sell and they were being taken out of inventory, the books did not go back back page or back cover or something. Yeah. The front cover was all they had to return for the credit. Which means I had like boxes of books that just didn't have a front cover and they were all just free because they were going. I mean, you weren't. I mean, the people working there didn't care. But, you know, legally, those were supposed to be thrown in the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you can still read them. I mean, you can still read a book without a cover. Believe Mm -hmm. it or not. (laughs) But that was, uh, you know, that was the intriguing thing there for how they got their for their money back on that. So with the Amazon thing, I can understand like, okay, we don't really need the product back. We're just going to trust you to a certain point, but I can't mm-hmm. even imagine what a kind of a pain in the ass it would be to process returns at that quantity. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be a pain in the ass and depending on the price of the product. I mean, certain things, obviously you want to have returned, but. Oh, well, like anything written by Gene Nevtuliev. I mean, then you want to get those back. Yeah, well, I don't want to get them back, but uh, <laughs> somebody probably does. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting issue. I mean, I, I love the fact that like this topic is so far a- away from any other topic we could possibly be discussing. And we're spending most of the show on this, which is why so it's this, fun. This, this is, is why funny. people listen to Unrelenting. You never know what you're going to get. I said it before. I'll say it again. We are the Seinfeld of podcasts. <laughs> less entertaining well i don't know about that i think we're pretty entertaining could be more entertaining uh i think now i dig i guess the question is which of the the seinfeld characters are we oh which seinfeld character well i mean obviously you're kramer right i mean that's uh kramer i'm not kramer <laughs> okay. nuts? i mean to be fair you're more uh you're more like uh newman i think newman yeah the the mailman okay, the Twice you're wrong now. Okay, Newman. Yeah, I mean, I mean come hardly on, the mailman. Newman was, uh, you know, physically you got a little shorter. I mean, he didn't have the beard. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> I'm obviously George, for Christ's sake. But see, George, I don't know. George was a scammer overall. 
I mean, I mean, maybe you are, I guess that's possible. But I mean, Newman just seemed like he was always trying to cause trouble and, and poke the bear. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought that would be more than, uh, than, uh, George, but maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe no, you just got a luck. You're one of those seven foot tall guys. Right. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, you're more like, uh, George and the fact that you just kind of accidentally get jobs with really big corporations <laughs> and have no idea how you got there. Getting, uh, you just gotta, you just gotta fake it till you make it. That's all. Him getting the job with the Yankees was great when he was just. Mm-hmm. just being totally the anti-george and when he met the um you know the the george steinbrenner the yep. first time and just yells at him and tells him why the team sucks he's like ah hire this guy <laughs> 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 like yes this okay i guess maybe i can see a little bit of that i mean that that's the uh that's a little bit of the gene gene in that i guess a little bit but what guy, else is going on so I didn't know about this this latest thing. What else have I missed during this week? What other latest thing? Um, the Queen died. Joe Biden the Queen had an died. interview. Yeah, the Queen died. Uh, I don't believe it. They're having a I funeral today. Retired. I think she's retired. Have you? Is it an open casket? I don't think it was. Uh huh. There you go. Some people thought you she know. died like 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, well, that's wrong. No. We heard that with Gorbachev no, too. I think she's just finally decided to retire go off to bermuda i thought she was going back to her home planet enjoy that is bermuda that's oh. what it's called. <laughs> is that code or is, it, is this actually no why the, do you think the island is named for the planet wow i didn't know that is there like a I mean, intergalactical come on, come on. Trans- intergalactical transport that happens from there did you not see men in black at all yeah, i think i saw the first one okay all right i'm not big into movies I watch a lot no, of TV. You don't enjoy watching lights moving around that are very grainy and, and out of focus. Exactly. I did watch, like mm. I said, the uh, the Tom Cruise Top Gun Maverick. I thought that was a fairly decent, decently done A few done people movie. have told me that. And like six months later, it's still 20 bucks to watch it. I'm oh, like, really? Fuck that shit. I'm going to wait till it's free. Oh, I thought it was free. No, no, they're still charging money. It's still on pay-per-view. Really interesting. I, I thought it was free. Yeah, it hasn't been picked up by HBO or somebody else. Big. As soon as it is, I'll watch it. I must have seen it somewhere that was non-legit. Pirated is Probably. my guess, yeah. but yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. on my NAS, so I mean, it's still, it's there. If you want to pay, I can uh, hook you up. With, uh-huh. uh, you, can, you can stream it right Thank from you. there. <laughs> uh-huh. This is my exit strategy. I'm just going to start a new video, an audio service just for you just for me yeah. right streaming That's it live not, that, you're not gonna make a whole lot of money i'll tell you that i know i was pissed because the other thing that happened thursday when i went to the retinal doctor and then got mm. back i wanted to watch the uh the truck race that was on that night the nascar craftsman truck yeah uh, yeah and our freaking comcast went down for like five hours that's when you're like oh what do you want to do a show you call like hey you can't do it on tomorrow yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, the fucking internet's gone, man. This is the first time in a long time it was out for hours hmm. for no apparent reason. And the most annoying thing was it went out at like three or four, which is why you have to have your own NAS full of stuff to watch. Because hmm. otherwise, they're like, well, you can't do streaming when you don't have an internet connection. But their whole thing was like, oh, yeah, this will be fixed in like two hours. Then in like two hours, wow. it came back at like, you know, we're on the gigabit speeds and the speed test was getting like 20 megabits. You know, I mean, it was nothing. Ooh, yeah. 
yeah that's that's not good and then it disappeared again and it was like oh everything is fine and i'm like bullshit everything is fine hmm. and, and then it went back to oh there's an outage in your area it could be three hours and it's like oh mm-hmm. it's just so, uh, it's so they, they fixed it eventually everything's back to normal speeds yes it seems like everything's back and we haven't had any drops or anything so hey well that's good that's a plus overall i can't complain too much because as i said it's been a long time since we've had an extended outage mm-hmm. but you know they sell you that you're always gonna just get your comcastic experience but it was just murphy's law because i normally never watch anything live yeah. and there's normally yeah. not a race on a thursday night it's usually friday saturday sunday so this was a, right. an oddity and then of course it was out but it was okay because uh, fox sports still let you st- i think the race started at eight it was back on here at nine Didn't and you just download it off one of your little downloader websites yeah that would be around afterwards but fox is as long as it was still on the fox sports on the roku let me start it an hour mm. into it so they don't let you skip commercials which is a pain in the ass mm. oh on the roku really you can't skip commercials that's crazy depending on the app and like with the fox sports one if you're watching if you start it late, they'll show you the whole program. So if you start a live event a half hour in, you can mm. still watch it, the whole thing from the beginning, but you can't like skip the commercials to catch up. Interesting. Yeah, I guess they're making money off those or something, huh? They are. Oh, hey, thanks for the live boost, C. Brooklyn. 66, oh, 66 sats. That is the only only money this show has brought in today from c brooklyn he is the lone executive producer right now so you if they send money via sats you make that for that show instead of the next show is that how you do it yes if it's during the show and Mm -hmm. we see it and recognize it during the show i see i mean if we're if we're going to like hey we're done and then a sats coming in and we don't talk about it then i'll just probably forget about it to be honest because mm. it all just scrolls on by you know it all just scrolls on by i mean this show Let's, does not get yeah. as many sats as adam curry's podcasting 2.0 or curry and the keeper when you yeah. listen to podcasting 2.0 it's always like pew 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 pew, and it's like sats are coming in at all times they are oh that's true well that's called value for value yes which means you're getting a lot more value listening to adam curry than you are to us and don't forget Dave well, Jones. he's definitely getting a lot more value doing the show than we are <laughs> yeah yeah his uh-huh. value his value level is a little bit higher uh-huh. and this is the constant and i know we've talked about it a lot here but this is still the constant thing that gets argued with podcasters or anybody really that wants to monetize their content which is adam curry his statistics say when you do value for value, you will never get more than about 4% of the people to take part. Right. Which I think is pretty accurate. I, th- I think it, it's not just his number. I mean, it, uh, even outside of value for value, well, I'm just saying that, he like, studies this and he would know, you know, he, uh, there's a conglomerate of, you know, people that look at this stuff. I don't know if I would say he studies this stuff, but he's just guessing. He has an idea of it. Well, he bases his. I don't think he's guessing, but I. But he's. Well, yeah. He is living on it, but he's. 
I mean, it's not like he's the one that's doing the accounting for that business. True. There are folks. There are people. But and when you people have will figure that stuff out, like 4% that will take part when you say, hey, what is this worth to you? Yeah. This hey, is- which, by the way, did I hear correctly? Maybe three episodes ago that he said that their show had about four and a half million listeners. I don't remember hearing that number. I thought it was always. What number did you say? I did you hear the last one I remember hearing was a little. I thought in the million range for downloads listeners. No, I, oh, it's definitely more than that. But I think I want to say like four, maybe five episodes ago. I was kind of surprised because usually he doesn't like talking about numbers. But he says, yeah. And, and I, I mean, he was not talking about the number of listeners. But he was talking about something. But then he made a reference to the fact, yeah, and with this show at about four and a half million, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, huh, that's weird. He actually said how many listeners they have. He usually doesn't like to do that. You know, that could be a week downloads. Listeners, as we know, listeners are very hard to to quantify because you don't know if the person that is downloading I, I think episode that's, has listened. Yeah, I, I think he's probably referring to the average number of downloads a month. But because of the fact that only 4% of the people when you're on value for value, take part. This mm-hmm. is a reason why a lot of people put stuff behind paywalls and mm-hmm. have, have been fairly successful. I know. Oh, totally. There's, there's yeah, that there's a lot of arguments about that, but I think when people know they're getting yeah. more, when they're yeah. getting a product that they otherwise wouldn't. Yeah, totally. They're willing to pay more. They're willing to put I, something in. I've probably paid now hundreds of dollars to Tim Cass. Exactly. And I only watch maybe one episode a month. And if he was value for value, would you have paid as much or Hell more? Hell no. Of course not. No, because I've done that too. I've done the boostergrams on YouTube. You know, the uh, whatever their equivalent is. The, the uh, stickers or messages or whatever. So I think the bottom line is both are very valid. But I believe the value for value to make a full-time living, a good living out of it, you have to be in the top 1% probably of listened to shows as far as what well, your here's the real question. Is. And here's the real question that we'll never get an answer to. Compared to how much money No Agenda is making right now, would they make more if they did a third episode that was behind the paywall right a week and we'll never find out because a i don't think either one of them wants to do a third episode it's a lot of work from a time commitment standpoint uh two adam is just opposed to paywalls in as a principle well and, i get that uh, because he's at john the level. john would probably be more likely to do it because he likes getting paid yeah we'll be like there's more money coming in you're incentivizing people to yeah but to this is something. the same way that uh ben uh, and Tim do theirs is that uh, they they do a show that's free to everybody on YouTube. And then immediately after they do another show behind the paywall. And so for the people that join at, I can't remember, I think Tim's is 10 bucks a month. And I'm trying to remember how much um, Ben's is. I think it's probably 10 or 15 bucks a month as well. I don't pay for that one. Uh, it's just not as interesting content in my opinion, but, um, but the idea is the same. It's like, look, everybody gets my show for free. 
But if you really like what I'm doing here and, and you want to get more, it'll cost you 10 or 15 bucks a month. And that makes sense. Yeah. And the way I look at it is it's it, it like at that $10 price point, it's not going to break the bank. It's doable. Uh, it's, it's not a major cost to me. And even if I only once a month catch the second show, like I, I probably watch, uh, 80%. I, contrary to some belief, I don't watch a hundred percent of Tim Pool's stuff, but I probably watch like 80% of his stuff. Uh, but of that 80%, occasionally there'll be a really interesting guest on. Uh, or somebody that I just want to, or maybe even it's not even about the guests, maybe just the topics in the conversation are getting very interesting. And in those situations, I know I can go to the members website, log in, and then be able to listen to the, the second half, the behind the paywall portion, Ooh. which also then, since it's not on YouTube, they can have a lot more conspiracy theory conversations that right. YouTube will block you for. They can have swearing. They don't have to be kids friendly. Uh, so it, that's where you typically have the most heated yelling and, you know, kind of the best high temper debates, the best content, yeah. but you certainly don't have it on every episode. And I sure as hell don't have time to watch, you know, 80% of the behind the paywall stuff. I just, I mostly do it because that that's the thing that allows Tim to keep growing the business. And it's been super successful. So right now, uh, or I say probably as of, a month ago, he'd mentioned that they're generating more revenue off of the membership site than they are off YouTube. See, that's and very has, interesting. And he do, does a daily show on YouTube that generates, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars per episode. Well, yeah, because you the ad money is good. Yeah, the ad money is good, but the direct ten buck a month donations are even better now. And, so that, he, and that makes sense because he sure as hell isn't getting 10 bucks per YouTube viewer from YouTube. No, there's absolutely no way that's the case. No way. Yeah. So getting I, pennies. They, they both fit. They both fit a model. If you have a large enough audience and if you have a generous enough audience where no agenda does, the amount of times we've heard somebody coming in with a thousand dollars or more for one show at one yeah. time that I understand blows away. Oh, just give me 10 bucks a month. But the average person does not have, I mean, I've yet to, and I've done a lot of podcasts. I've done hundreds of hundreds of podcast episodes. Never once did somebody come in with a donation of over a thousand dollars for one episode. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. If somebody wants to prove me wrong, I'd love to be proven wrong. Yeah, but when that's not happening, then it we're, starts. We're, we're just doing the wrong content. There's a YouTuber that I watch that is, um, I would, I guess I would describe him as a uh, transvestite for money. <laughs> well, everybody does something for money. So he's not, he's not. He looks he, like, like the guy from the Rocky he doesn't Horror want Picture to Show. Be, he doesn't want to be a girl. No, he looks totally like a chick. That's the way, that's what makes it successful. Is he's not gay. He's not transsexual. But he does dress in women's clothing. And one he will. has a very feminine look to him. But he has a very masculine voice. <laughs> and he's into masculine stuff like guns and knives and things like that. That's hilarious. Uh, 
just looks like a chick, dresses like a chick, acts like a guy. Talks about talks guy like stuff. A guy. So it, it's the it whole opposite like of uh, so it's like it's a just a, so it, it, that's why I was careful to find the correct word, which is transvestite. Uh, and, uh, he recently had, uh, somebody offer him $300,000. Whoa. To do to, what? To do a boob implant. <laughs> and he was very tempted. He's like, you know, the operation would cost significantly less than that. So it's probably about 60 grand. Wow. And that's a lot of money for him as incentive to do it. <clears throat> but he kind of chickened out. It could be um, like the, uh, the transgender teacher in Canada with the big boobs. Oh, no, 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 no. This, 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 unlike the Canadian big boob, I, I still can't believe that's real. That's got to be somebody that just wants to fuck with the system. Yeah, that's what because, the no agenda said yesterday. I'm not yeah, sure. I just. I cannot imagine somebody that genuinely wants to be a woman wanting to walk around with, you know, uh, like literally well, these are bigger than watermelon size fake tits. Yeah. Well, this is the society we live in though, where mental no, illness because is applauded, but I just, I, I'm not buying it. It It's an inconvenience. It's an inconvenience. Well, it's one thing to wear women's clothing and then, you know, pad those clothing so the boobs look like boobs. It's another thing to become a cartoon character. Yo, I agree. And he was not at all looking like he had the proper, uh, what's the word? Uh, the the pro- like he wasn't. It didn't like look if those, natural. No, it looked like they were literally balloons, like regular balloons blown up and put into a uh a clown outfit because they were not impacting his stance at all like if you have two watermelons that are strapped to you you try like this. the weight of actual tits or fake tits uh then he should be leaning back a lot more to counterbalance their weight and he wasn't he was just standing around like a normal dude like a and, normal dude uh, with really big boobs a normal dude with blow up air balloons stuffed into a clown sized bra. Yeah, you can't question what people are doing though. I can. And I do. That's hateful. Why are you so I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but right. it just seems silly. Well, it is. A lot of this stuff is silly though. Mm-hmm. A lot of this stuff is silly, yeah. Oh, one of the that's right. One of the other things Biden said yesterday was that the pandemic is over. What? Yeah, Joe Biden said the pandemic was How over. How dare he say that? I'd There's say, still people in California that are waiting for their next shot. Yeah, well, there there are plenty. And it's it's kind of another interesting thing because as somebody that has believed the pandemic was over for a while, mm-hmm. I wonder how many people on the radical right, because there are those, the same as there are on the radical left, when Joe Biden says the pandemic is over, can they agree with that and go, well, finally, Joe, thanks. Or are they like, no, I, they're going to hold it against them. Uh-huh. They'll be like, what do you mean the pandemic is over? Wait, no, it can't be. No. Well, let's see what Fauci has to say, because I don't trust this Biden character. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, we have to get a second opinion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's only one man that is science and it's not Joe Biden. 
Joe Biden defers to Anthony Fauci. Yeah, I say the uh, that. Yeah, let me say, Ralph, the uh, the pandemic is over. The pandemic is over in Mexico. I'm I'm hoping it is Uh, so you can get back in or they won't let you in or they won't let you out. When's the new book coming out? What's it about? See, this is we were talking about how podcasters make money, and there are some podcasters. Yeah, that you'll simply, find out when when I'm ready to say. Oh, it's just this is hush hush. We don't even get a little. We don't even get a little taste here. You, you get no taste. No, <laughs> no taste. No Dude, smell. I'm is it still COVID? working on the. I'm still working on two things that people do know about, which is the re. You know the, the I guess not, even, not even rebranding, but it's the new show with the old guest with Ben. Sir Gene talks uh, more.com. Yeah, Sir Gene talks more exactly. It's uh uh it's just to good old boys.com. Good old boys. And yeah. Never mean no harm. Yeah. Beats all that's, you that's, never saw. Been in trouble with the, the tagline since that's the day our they tagline. were born. It's all how did you know what our tagline is? You must have had access to some preview material. Yeah, well I've, I hacked your server. I mean that's You must have hacked my server using Russians or something. Well the Russians are the best at that. And hacking servers, yes. Yeah, they are exactly. They know where Hillary is at all time. <laughs> they keep yeah. very close track. Uh huh. But well, what about these? well, didn't well it's because Putin uh you know he listens to what uh, Trump asked for now. I, Trump said, Hey, can you can you send us a copy of what was on Hillary's server, please? Right. Yeah, that would be yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever actually made money on selling books on Amazon, or is this just a uh I mean theoretically theoretically you didn't lose money i i would make money i mean people do buy the books um but i have bought way more books than the amount of money that i made off of book sales to give away that makes sense what is the system like when you want to self-publish so i mean granted i know there's a lot that goes into so once you have (coughs) excuse me once you have the whole manuscript done and it's in whatever format they need is it just a, basically yeah. upload and uh, yeah, and they do the rest? Pretty much. Um, so you can either use a PDF uh, and upload that if it's already all exactly to spec for print. Um, or you can upload it in um, like ebook format. And they will then reflow that into the, the actual publishable version. Um, and I've got software that I bought years ago that uh, helps to uh, automate that process. So it's it's basically like layout software for books. Nice. Um, and it also does the the ebook, so you can preview what the print book looks like. You can preview what the ebook looks like, depending on the size of the devices they're using. I think most people these days, there again, Amazon pretty much won, and the Kindle is the main one people use. Uh, there used to be there were multiple readers, but there's such a small sliver percentage of the population these days. It really doesn't matter. Well, and they're relatively similar formats anyway. For yeah, what- there used to be multiple ones. It's all, I think, EPUB at this point. But and Amazon um, just throws theirs into uh, Mobi, which is just kind of EPUB with mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. extra crap added in for to keep you from copying it, I think probably yeah but either way so you you do all that get it set up spit it out to amazon and then um amazon uh uh takes maybe two three days and then it's up 
on their website and available. And it's easier for each subsequent book simply because you already did the stuff that you only do once. Oh, right. For like being the, an author you know, and- about the author page and all that crap. So, um, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I mean, the hard part is writing the damn thing. Well, of and course. I, I'm, I know a lot of people in that kind of self-publishing industry. Um, in fact, Tucker Max, who's a guy that was one of the pioneers of self-publishing, he created a company to help people self-publish after he was a multi-time uh, New York Times bestselling author. Um, he really kind of ragged on the whole industry of uh, publishing the way it's set up and where basically the author gets the least money out of everybody. Right. It's kind of like the music industry. Well, yeah, because everything used to have gatekeepers and the internet yeah, has changed. Yeah, that. Exactly. And so back, and this is back maybe 12, 14 years ago, it's he's, he was talking about how crappy it is. Well, and it's not um, just because of the fact that you have the Kindles and the other reading devices. Yeah. The fact that Amazon now has the ability to print paper books on demand. On demand, yeah, exactly. And they do a really good job. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're not, like, they can't do on demand, full color, full bleed. Right. But they can do the normal, um, they can do, they've been doing soft covers on demand forever. And they can even do hard covers now on demand. Which makes a lot of sense. As we just talked about, ah, we just take a thousand books and rip the covers off because they didn't sell. Mm-hmm. Never having but the to price print of a book. paper, the price of paper now. I don't know if they still would do that at the bookstore because the price of paper now has gone up probably 10x to where it used to be. So you want them back to recycle. So it, it may be, yeah, it may be better to recycle versus paying the shipping fees. In the past, like the recycling netted you almost nothing, but the shipping fees were higher. So it didn't make any sense to actually get the books back. You just want to make sure that they don't get resold. But uh, now I don't know if that's still the case. There was a, uh, a new Paul McCartney release. I thought this was interesting mm. from a, uh, just a different take on how they were doing this. Cause McCartney's had three solo albums that he's released in his career. Mm. One, two, and three, three is the one that was just released. Like after the pandemic started, and they mm-hmm. did produce, if I'm remembering this correctly, they produced some copies of that by taking like a bunch of old, worn out, crappy copies of McCartney one and two, melting oh. down the vinyl and reusing oh that. So, which I Jesus. thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I guess vinyl is recyclable, right? Yeah, just melt that stuff down and then restamp it. Hmm. There was, I thought this was interesting too. There was an article on some biomaterial that they're testing making records out of it. It's like, this is never going to fucking work. Oh, it'll work great because it'll put a time end of date on all records. So uh-huh. you'll have to rebuy your music. It's perfect. That's a great idea. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, the, the, something like the sound quality is like 90% of what vinyl is. It's like, do you not understand the people that buy mm-hmm. vinyl? The sole reason most people buy vinyl is to be like, yeah, because they're hipsters. Uh-huh. And they're like, the the sound is so much better. The minute you degrade the sound, you kill the format. Well, if you wanted good sound, you'd buy digital. That's debatable depending on your equipment. Digital can sound very good. Yes. No question about it. It has a different sound. The vinyl, when done right. See, a lot of people don't realize that when you play a vinyl record, 
You're not supposed mm-hmm. to have clicks and pops in the hiss throughout the whole thing. Oh, aren't you? Oh, I thought that was the whole benefit of vinyl that you all like. Right. No, it's not. I mean, they, and, and to me, it's like, there's, there are new, which is also, you want to talk about digital. I thought this was hilarious. One of the higher end turntable makers, I forget which one, but they just came out. This company did with a box that goes in line. And basically mm-hmm. what the box is is digital processing to remove the pops and clicks. And I'm like, do you not realize the irony of mm-hmm. using a digital device to remove a sound you don't want from the vinyl? Mm-hmm. See, now somebody could come up with a, a physical processor box that goes in line and takes an audio signal and then uh, writes it on a vinyl album engraves it if they you do will that. yeah they have this and then literally three inches later there's a needle picking that sound up and then translating it to digital sound on the way out so it's basically an analog filter <laughs> right and it, and it's constantly just writing a couple of inches away from the the read head rewriting and erase and rewrite uh-huh 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 yeah it's a very interesting concept would that was- be uh, just a crazy ass device somebody would pay a lot of money for Maybe if he can make that happen, there was just a big thing. The mobile fidelity sound labs, who is a vinyl. I mean, they make CDs too, but their bread and butter is they've been known for repressing some classic titles and having the best sounding vinyl Mm -hmm. of that. And it came out, there was, they were just having like a random conversation with a video blogger, vlogger, I'm guessing uh, because he was on YouTube. Uh So vlogger. And he uh, unveiled the fact that, they were, you know, he's like, well, they're using digital processing to mm. to give you this final product. And they're like, no, we're not. Come down to the factory. We'll show you. And when he went down to the factory, they were doing digital processing. And Oh, really? Yes. And it's like, well, that there was a portion. So they would be taking the original tape. So, yeah, maybe they took the original analog master tapes. Mm-hmm. But there was a phase where they digitized them to be able to work with them. And it was like super high res digital. It mm. wasn't just, you know, run of the mill. But still, there was a digital part of that process. And for people that are really into the analog stuff, they don't want digital to be a part of it at all, which I think is kind of stupid. Just get, mm-hmm. do whatever's going to get the best quality sound. That's all I want. Yeah. I don't care what you do, but the purest would be like, I would never buy an album if I knew it was digital at any point. Yeah. And I, I remember back in the day, meaning the eighties, uh, making sure that when I bought CDs, it had a D D D D on the back because otherwise it would sound like shit. Oh, it had the uh, D A D. No, all of mine had triple D. Right, you like them triple D, huh? I like them triple D. I don't like the A's in there. Every no, because you want digital recording, digital processing, and digital mastering. And that they don't even show anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any A's in anything anymore for a long time. Well, there were a lot. Well, when you're dealing with anything that was recorded in the uh, anything up to 1980 or so. Yeah everything's analog recording so you have to start with the a but that's why hey, yeah, some yeah. of these things like with the Beatles stuff they've been re-released and re-released because it's like well the mm-hmm. first time we made the cd we kind of sucked well they can yeah and i but i think they can also just sample a lot of that stuff and just redo it from scratch digitally 
oh, you can do some amazing stuff. Then a lot of these new releases, I think we've talked about after the Beatles documentary came mm-hmm. out, that the technology is finally there where yep. they can go to original mono tapes and yep. separate the instrumentation from the vo- well, vocals. I can, it's hard the word vocals? to say. The vocals. No. They can yeah. separate everything into their mm-hmm. own track. So you can now massage that bass. You can bring the bass up or the drums down, which is amazing to me. The, the technology, mm-hmm. the AI in that to be able to take a mono recording and separate that back into individual tracks. Because if you go in with any newer recording, so if you go and listen to the latest Taylor Swift recording, that was if, as long as it was recorded in a studio and not at home or something. You mm-hmm. probably got like a hundred tracks that everything is individual. And the final result is the mix of all that. Exactly. The mix becomes a much bigger thing. Yes. Now, but you can go back to any of those individual tracks and remove them, bring them, make them louder, put a different processing, put a little more reverb on it. Now, when did they start recording multi-track rather than just mixing multi-track? That was, well, the Beatles had for most of their career were at a four track machine. Now, when they got to the white Mm -hmm. album days, which was like getting to about, about 1970, that's when it was like an eight or 16 track. They went to, Mm -hmm. which was still very limited compared to now computerized recording today. You pretty much have unlimited tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Which is why you can, uh, you have so many musicians that aren't really musicians anymore. And that was the way it was even going back. I remember the guy that produced Aerosmith was like, yeah, Steven Tyler song. If there's a hundred words in the song, it was probably a hundred takes and they took one word from each take. You know, it was that piece together, but the final result you just hear, it's like, Oh, well that sounds fine. Yeah. You don't know. It's no, just- you really don't. But I, I think that, uh, so like in the 1940s, big bands and stuff, that was just multi-mixed, but yes. two track recorded. Yeah. Mono so you got to imagine like how much better were those people at mixing? They were damn good. Cause you had to do live mix. Yeah. So live mix. To, and then you end up with two tracks. You had to set this up. And if the, you know, if the drummer came in too loud or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. The take was no good. Yep. Which is why when you go back into the vaults of like sun records and that Elvis and Johnny cash, mm-hmm. that the final song is often like, take 14 so you know there were 13 (laughs) either full or aborted takes yeah 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 because they had to get the whole thing right it wasn't like now it's like okay we'll just go back and we'll fix that one note we missed in the solo oh yeah they they literally don't even need to do more than one take because everything is recorded on a separate track digitally so they can arrange the tracks later but also like you're absolutely right they can change the notes they can stretch things out change direction without affecting pitch yes they can change the pitch without affecting duration uh all these things are totally doable without even losing the character so it's uh it i think music in a lot of ways have shifted more from the performer to the producer oh uh, definitely when my buddy tom took his the stuff that we recorded in the basement here and his buddy then added drums at their uh, their local church, I think, church basement, he added the drums. And they took him to a guy that would produce some stuff from like Brian Wilson and Mellencamp and so stuff. You, you, have you heard of a guy named Sean Meyer? No. 
So he's a producer um, that worked on a bunch of stuff. But you never this, heard of okay. But this was where I, and I I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head now either, which I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself. Mm-hmm. But you know when he threw this stuff, they converted it from Logic, which is the Apple, into Pro Tools for Windows. Mm-hmm. And exactly what you're saying, it's like, oh, well, here the drum came in one one hundredth of a second too late, so let me just move that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, holy crap, this is uh, this is crazy what they can do, and just massage the stuff around a little. Oh, you want that? You want that sustain? Uh, you you sustained it for three seconds. You want it to sound like you sustained it for six? Oh, no problem. Mm-hmm. Just just stretch that out. Doesn't change the character. It's like it, it's crazy what they can do with the audio recording that's interesting so i just looked up his production list of stuff i've never heard of any of it but i don't listen to modern music um so not really uh but g easy demi lovato eva mac Ah, big hitters uh josh golden i don't know pentonic Pentatonics, um, yeah, they're they're pentatonic. isn't that the, like a acapella? I have group? no idea. Cameron Forbes, Story Lens. Anybody see if I'm going to skim if I recognize? I mean, the real question is who is doing the audio books for your books? I know, right? I need to do that. <laughs> but anyway, the, the reason I brought him up is because uh, he was at this thing that I was at, so I hung out with him. But um, I, I like I. It's funny because I hung out with him, but. I've never heard of any of the shit that he's done. You're like, I'm really I'm sure he's interested. never heard of anything I've produced either. But that's true. I'm like, have you heard Unrelenting? <laughs> yeah, I heard Unrelenting. But that's he a- seemed like a good kid. I mean, they all look like kids these days. Well, you're 116, so everybody by relative. As a kid. Yeah. That's totally the case. That Absolutely very true. true. Absolutely uh, true. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably reach out to him. I you know, chat with him and find out a little more it's the thing is when you go to these events and you're you're off like having seven course lunches and things you just don't get a chance to really do a deep dive into what somebody does and you know what uh you just kind of get the short version of everything you're just there to enjoy the food yeah mostly i mean a lot of people were talking about how uh you really have to move your money into land right now because the stock market's completely going to top. Wait, 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 let me the, just ask. Do they mean you should buy property or do you just take your cash and actually bury it somewhere? In, yeah. In the I land? Know, right. <laughs> no, no, no. They say the best thing to do is to buy trailer parks because that's where most people will end up living. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. This is going to be the new there, world. So there was a number of people. I mean, a lot of they, I'd say over half the people at this event were eight figure folks. And then you. And then me, I'm, but I'm, I'm just a legitimate businessman. I'm not actually rich. So you're trying to, I, get there. Uh, I one, work for a living sometimes one podcast and one book at a time. <laughs> yeah. I hear that. Yeah. Yes. I'm counting on the podcast, but I've got the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the prepping company thing going, the, Products should be shipping out of China next week, supposedly. EvilRussianPrepper.com. Um, something like that. I'll announce it when it's ready, not before. Um, and then um oh well the the other podcast with uh 
that I mentioned already. The good old Gene uh, Brother ben. Boys. The Gene Brother Boys that'll start probably in the next couple of weeks. So I got I got a lot of shit I'm working on. And but, when are you going um, back to Mexico? Yeah, I need a vacation. You just got home. Get a ghost yeah, driver. Uh, no, I refuse to do that. Everybody, <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. Every single person I know who has books out there used a ghostwriter. You're like, can you explain your book literally, in, including JCD? Like, literally everybody. Wait, the vinegar book's not JCD. The vinegar book was ghostwritten. Exactly. <laughs> it was also um, ghost produced and ghost ghost published. <laughs> ghost published mostly. Yeah, so it's definitely ghost published. But I refuse to do that. If I'm going to have my name on a book, I will be the one that wrote that book. That is my blood, sweat, and tears that went into it, and that and somebody else's. I just want to see the bio on the book. I want to see your picture, and then it'll say Gene Nevtuliev, and underneath it will just say totally legitimate author. Well, I am a published author. Right. That would be what you want, though, on the yeah the page there on the just book just enough to have published author yeah <laughs> totally legitimate published author you have to uh-huh. add the totally legitimate uh-huh. part totally legitimate yeah published author yeah mm-hmm. i mean anybody can put their book on amazon and be a published author now though mm-hmm. Pretty and everybody much. should yeah. because then you could add that to your linkedin well and then technically i i never got to top i never got first uh place on amazon never so recommended I was- in your category I, I was second in my category uh, for a little while. It's not bad. In, uh, I think it was business management, second overall. Was that the week you bought 8,000 books for yourself? That was exactly right. That was the week I bought 8,000 <laughs> books myself. You're absolutely right on that. Now, let me ask you this. For that week, did you actually get a bump from people that bought the book? Or did that help by being mm-hmm. on the list? Oh, yeah, absolutely interesting yeah i mean realistically it doesn't take eight thousand um i think that to to, i had the misfortune of doing my book the same day that penguin published a uh book in the same category it doesn't even matter who the author was because it's a fucking penguin book so obviously it's going to be number one obviously yeah so that was unfortunate had it not been for that penguin book I'm sure I would have gotten into the top spot, but all it really typically takes is about between 500 and a thousand copies sold in one day. Well, let's hope your timing it's is not a big number the next what? time. Let's hope the timing's better that you don't have any. Competition. Yeah. That means it'd be nice to have better timing. And what I'll probably do is, is promote the book on the, all my podcasts, including this one and tell people don't buy it until this date so that everybody buys it at the same time. If you want to help. And and what I do too is uh, to encourage people to buy it, just regardless of whether they want to or not. Is I'll usually in that first week have it be ninety nine cents, and then he'll buy it back from you at the full price later on. I will totally not do that, <laughs> but uh, but after a week that'll go up to the normal price, twenty bucks. It's a bargain, a bargain at any price. Is this this week's a bargains? Because there's actually two versions. You can actually use my book to help you start a fire in case you're prepping. That's very important. You're kind of crossing mm-hmm. the streams now and what you got going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this well, is a I, rare I, week. Uh, rare week. Well, this week, nothing's going on. Well, we're, we'll be back Friday. So there will be two unrelentings this week. That's a real. Oh, week. in that sense. Yeah. So we should talk about that. And I don't know if we want to do it publicly or privately. It's like, do we want to stay on Fridays? Because Friday for me 
was really mostly driven by the fact that I was working, which I'm not right now. But you mean, again, I'm working. I'm just not getting paid. (laughs) That's well, that's not a good job. I have plenty of work that I'm doing. It's just none of it's actually paying me right now. I mean, if anything, a lot of it is costing me money right now. We may be moving around. We'll find a good schedule. Yeah, I think we we could move around. That's why somebody was surprised that are we on live right now? Well, yeah, we are right now. Doesn't mean we will be next Monday. Or the next or the one previous. Mm. Or even the previous Friday. Right. Or Monday. You never know. Yeah. It's the beauty of move around. It's the beauty of podcasting. But with that said, absolutely. We will be back at some point. Do we know who's on after us? Today? On Tuesday? Mm. Uh yeah. Planet Rage is coming up in an hour with uh, Larry Blender and uh, Darren O'Neill. Any anybody between that and this? No, it's just one hour of whatever is on. Of just white noise or whatever <laughs> Bembros has programmed. Exactly. The No Agenda Stream. Noagendastream.com. But yeah, today's a rarity. You get to hear me two different shows. Bonus. Yes. If, you've never, if you've never checked out Planet Rage, planetrage.show. And then tune back in to find all out about Gene's uh, new business, totally legitimate business ventures. We always hope, we hope you can invest. Yeah. See, I was going to say something about needing infrasonic hearing for uh, Planet Rage, but you cut me off, goddammit. Ah, that'll happen.